believe or feel like what is written in this verse is written as an imperative, uh, which means it is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not something to say, hey, think about this. It is an imperative. And so uh, many look at this and say it might be one of the most difficult commands of the Lord in Scripture uh, to actually obey. Now, there's a lot. We know that because all of us are imperfect. We've been uh, saved by the grace of God, and we rejoice in that, and knowing that our position in Christ is one of righteousness, and uh, that is what gives us the right to have eternal life and uh, forgiveness of the guilt of all of our sins. But we also know that uh, as we live our lives, we struggle at times with different aspects. And there are many uh, think that uh, maybe this, uh, this command here uh, is one of the most difficult to obey. So here's what the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5 and in verse 20. He simply says, always... Always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Always giving thanks for all things. I, I want to share a few words with you from this verse this morning about um, uh, the attitude of gratitude. Um, you know, really most people fit into one of four different categories when it comes to attitude and the spirit of gratitude. There are those that, that first of all, have what I call a sour attitude of gratitude. Now what that simply means is they have no gratitude at all. Uh, these are those who are constantly complaining. And we all know people like that in our life. I mean, they're not happy about anything and they want everybody to know they're not happy about everything. And you know, it's kind of like someone who has an upset stomach. When, when you got a sour stomach, nothing looks good on the table. Do I have a witness on that? And, and that's the way they are in life. They just cannot uh, be happy about anything. And, and I was reading this week about a wife, a lovely wife who had a had a husband that was just like that. And she got up one morning and she decided, I'm, I am going to get a smile on his face. And so she, she woke him up. She said, honey, I want to fix you breakfast this morning. I'll fix anything you want and I'll fix it any way you want me to fix it. He says, all right. I want two pieces of toast. I want one to be wheat, the other one to be white. I want the wheat one with some light butter, but nothing on the white one. I want two eggs. I want one uh, over light and the other scrambled. She said, great. She fixed it exactly the way he asked for it to be fixed. And so uh, she served it to him and he was eating and he still just had that, that sour look on his face. You know, she said, honey, what is wrong? And he looked at her and went, you scrambled the wrong egg. We all know people like that. Do I have a witness on that? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I call that a sour attitude of gratitude. No gratitude at all. And, and then not only a sour attitude uh, of gratitude, but then there are those who have what I call a selfish 
attitude of gratitude. And, and again, it's not someone who is grateful. It's someone who is just self-absorbent. And so uh, good things come their way and all they do, they just embrace it and just, you know, for themselves and they consume it for themselves and they never give any thought at all as to where that came from and why that blessing came into their life. They're just living for themselves and so when it comes, they just get all they can get and consume all they can consume and just keep living life. They are totally self-driven. And so you have those who have that sour attitude of gratitude. You have those who have what I call a selfish attitude of gratitude. And then, of course, there's a multitude that have what I call actually a, a surface attitude of gratitude. Now, that means that when something good happens, well, they're grateful. And, and they will express that. Um, you know, they they're, may express it to those that were the source of it. They may express it even to the Lord their God. Thank you, Lord, for that. And so uh, as good things come, they have a tendency to demonstrate uh, an attitude of gratitude. But what I want you to see this morning is that the attitude of gratitude Paul is talking about is none of those three. It is what we call a spirit-led attitude of gratitude. Where we always, with thanksgiving for all things in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are grateful. Look with me just for a moment so I can set this up for you in this same chapter, just a couple of verses ahead of verse 20, because this is the base for everything he says, beginning in verse 19 and going really all the way through chapter 6. He gives another command. Uh, again, let me just remind you, a command means it's not a suggestion, it's not something to be considered, and it's something to be obeyed. And so you know this command, most of you probably heard this command, it's in verse 18, and it's where Paul wrote, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. This is a command. It's an imperative, written as an imperative. And so, as a follower of Christ, every day, that should be a reality in my life. I should seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, it literally is, uh, uh, be ye being filled. It's a continuation of the way we live our life. And then beginning in verse 19, I'm just kind of laying this out for you. Beginning in verse 19, going all the way really through chapter 6, then Paul is saying, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, here are the things you will see happening in your life and the, the instructions that go with that. So he goes down to verse 19 and he says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then here we have it. Verse 20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Now, let's explore that a little bit. I want to draw your attention to three things. First of all, the duration. The duration of spirit-led gratitude. And it's not complicated. It's always. And always means always. <laughs> 
In other words, he's talking about a lifestyle. He's talking about uh, uh, that we are to have this attitude of gratitude that he's talking about here, always being thankful for all things 24-7 as a follower of Christ. Now, this is not an imperative. It's not a command for those who have not accepted Christ, and we'll explain why as we work our way through this, but it's, it's to us who have received Christ. It's, it's what these children will learn as they grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord, that we are to have this attitude of gratitude 24-7, always being thankful, having, uh, being grateful for things in our life. And there's a good reason for that. Think about this. Look with me in the book of Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3. And uh, I want to give you verse 23, but let me set it up with verse 22. This is written by the prophet Jeremiah under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 22, he talks about these things. Listen to this. He talks about the Lord's loving kindness. What is the Lord's loving kindness? That's his mercy. Listen to it. Verse 22, the Lord's loving kindness indeed, watch this, never ceases. His mercy never ceases. And then he says, for his compassion never fails. And then he comes to this conclusion in verse 23. They, meaning the mercy and compassion of the Lord, is new every morning. It's new. It's fresh. Every morning, all the mercy, all the love, all the compassion, all the grace, all the wisdom we need, all the discernment we need, all the strength we need, all the power we need is fresh every single morning. And that's how he concludes by saying, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. And so there, there's a reason for us to have this, this attitude of gratitude, this spirit-led attitude of gratitude every day because when you got up this morning, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. You might have had victories yesterday. You might have had some failures yesterday. You might have had a day like I had yesterday where my mind just went, boom, 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 boom. it just was, and you can ask the people up in the crow's nest all about that if you want to later. <laughs> trying to get information to them. It could have been a, a great day, could have been an awful day, but this morning, when I got up, this morning when you got up, all the mercy, all the love, all the grace, power, strength of the Lord was fresh as the morning dew. Is that not awesome? Do I have a witness of that? Amen. Yeah, great is thy faithfulness. But look at this verse with me. Over in the New Testament in Philippians chapter 4 and in, in verse 6. This is a verse we, we quote often here at WBC because it reminds us of the importance of our interceding or our, our communion with the Lord. So let me just remind you what Paul writes here. Uh, in verse 6, Philippians 4, 6, he says, be anxious for nothing. Can, can I just kind of put that in a different lingo for you? Spiritually, chill out. 
be anxious for nothing. Not, not a few things, not most things. Nothing. This way it said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, again, notice the terminology, not some things, not most things, everything, by prayer and supplication with what? Yes, up there. Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let me make this application with you. I want you to listen carefully. What an incredible truth this verse is. Should be encouraging to every one of us that we can talk to the Lord about everything. Here's what I want you to understand. I don't miss this. When we go to the Lord and we start asking for his blessings, that's fine. He said, in everything. All right? We need help. We need, we need grace here. We need the works of your hand here. What? Whatever it is, we're, but we're asking the Lord for his blessings. My friend, if you are going before the Lord or if I go before the Lord, let me just use me. If I go before the Lord asking for blessings and I haven't taken time to thank him and praise him for what he's already done for me, then I am simply trying to approach God with a sinful, selfish attitude. You okay? Always. For all things. The duration a lifestyle, expressing an attitude of gratitude. Let's look a little bit deeper here. Not only do I want us to look at the duration of a spirit-led gratitude, but secondly, the dimensions of a spirit-led gratitude. Gets a little bit more difficult here. Because what it says is always giving thanks, and then here's that phrase, for all things. All things. Now I know in Paul's letter to the Christians in Thessalonica, and in chapter five, he he speaks of giving thanks in all things. But here, he says, for all things. Now, I'm just, you know, I'm going to be very personal, very honest with you. When I, when I first look at that, obviously, you know where my mind goes. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute, Lord God, there's a lot of evil out here. And there's a lot of bad things that happen to us out here. We've been talking about the pressures of that we're beginning to feel and experience and the persecution simply because we are followers of Christ. And then there's diseases out there that we're having to deal with. There is death out there we're having to deal with. Lord God, there, there is a lot of hurt that is out there. People are wounded. Are you telling me to give you thanks for those things? Is that what you're saying? No. So let me put this in context for you. Paul gives this to us in Romans chapter 8, 
and in verse 28. So here's what he writes. You've heard this probably before. Paul writes, and we know, that means no beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now notice what he doesn't say here. Paul doesn't say all things are good. It's not what he's saying. Now, it's just as I've described for you, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's ugly. It's evil. It's hurtful. There's a lot of things we have to deal with in this fallen world. We have to deal with one another, right? I mean, we're imperfect people trying to deal with imperfect people, and we generally deal with them in an imperfect way. Do I have a witness on that? I mean, th- this is reality. He's not saying everything's good. Paul is just reminding us that our God is so incredibly awesome that for those who love him, and part of loving God is having that right attitude before God. God can take everything that comes in our life, the hurt, the bad, the ugly, whatever it may be, If we keep the right attitude before him, he can bring good out of it. That's how awesome our God is. But it takes the right attitude. In other words, if I'm I'm one of those uh, sour attitude, gratitude people and I'm just constantly complaining and I'm bitter and I'm resentful and I'm not considering anything about what God, the fact that God is on the throne and he is in control. We're going to talk about that in just a second and that he can do what he can do then then probably we just shut the door on him. That's what happens to a lot of people. They just shut the door on the Lord when things go bad. When it's tough. He said, no, keep the door open with an attitude of gratitude. And I can take that and make it good. Here's, here's a statement. I think they'll have it up there. I hope they'll have it up there. That the reason that we can, yeah, I'm going to talk about that in a second too. The reason we can have an attitude in the midst of that is because of, listen carefully, the sovereign providential works of the hand of God. So when it says, we're talking about the dimensions, all things, of course, we begin with the simple things. Here's what I discovered in my life, my experience. When I fail to start the day right, when I fail to start the day before the Lord and surrender the throne of my heart to him and ask the eternal God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ to take his rightful place on the throne of my heart and fill me with his spirit, then there's a lot of things coming to my life that just I miss. Good things, simple things. But when you find somebody that is filled with the spirit, they see all 
the simple things. And they give thanks to the Lord for that. One, one that just blessed my heart when I was growing up was my grandmother Candler. Uh, uh, Reverend Charlie Candler's wife. My, my grandpa Charlie. Uh, preacher Charlie. And this lady was just filled with gratitude. I mean every day. You went on a trip with her, say we were going down to Columbia, whatever, and you had to stop at a rest area before you got out of the car. She was verbally saying, Lord God, I just want to thank you for this place of rest. And she meant it from sincerity. She'd go down the road and say a little church on a hill. You know, just one of those little white wooden churches on a hill. She said, Lord God, I just thank you that you have a presence up there. I mean, every, I mean, all day long, this is the way she was. Just gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. She didn't miss the simple things. It means simple things. It means the significant things, which we generally don't miss, right? I mean, I mean when God shows up, we don't have a problem saying, thank you, Lord, right? Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. And, and giving thanks to those that the Lord used to bless us, whatever, however that blessing comes. So we, when we talk about all things, for all things, we're talking about the simple things, we're talking about the significant things, but we're also talking about the sorrowful things. That's where it gets tough, isn't it? Where the rubber meets the road, you know. Why does God allow those things into our lives? Well, I'm just going to mention two or three. It's not all conclusive, but I think we can put most things within these. Sometimes he allows those things in our life uh, simply to correct us. Maybe you're not like me, but in my life, I gave my heart to Christ when I was seven, and I, I just confess to you, I testify to you that through all these years there's been times I've wandered away. You know, just found myself kind of wandering off path, you know, moving back maybe into those times of life that, that I lived uh, uh, either before coming to know Christ or other times when I had gotten away from Christ. And so the Lord has used in my life, I'm just using me as a testimony, he has used difficult times. He's used hurt. He has used disappointment. He's used a lot of things to correct my path. Uh, David went through the same thing. King David, a man God described as a man after his own heart, but there were times that, that it went astray. So let me just give you this in Psalms 119 and in verse 67. Listen, listen to what the psalm says. It says, before I was afflicted, that is tough times, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. So you see, there's sometimes God allows these things into our lives to correct our way. Sometimes he allows these things in our life uh, also to call us into dependence on him. He did that with the apostle Paul. You know, who wrote two-thirds, the Holy Spirit used to write two-thirds of the New Testament that we have. So this is a mighty man of God after he come to know Christ. And, but he struggled with something in his life. And one of those things he struggled with was uh, a thorn in the flesh. So if you look with me at 2 Corinthians just for a moment. And whatever this thorn in the flesh was, three times Paul 
got before God and he just cried out to God, Lord, remove this thorn. Obviously, it was quite painful. We don't don't know the, the speculation, but we really don't know what it was. And God's answer to him was, no. My grace is sufficient. He never removed that from Paul. And so Paul come to this conclusion in 2 Corinthians 12. And in verse 10, he writes this. Therefore, I, talking about himself, am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. When I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. Why was he strong? Because he was back in dependence upon the Lord in his life instead of himself. So sometimes, listen, brothers and sisters, listen, folks. God will allow difficulties in our life to correct us, to call us into dependence upon him, or he allow it to confirm our testimony. I mean, we're professing to know Christ And others need to know that. And others need to be encouraged by that. And so there are times where he allows difficulty. And when we maintain this attitude of gratitude because we trust in the sovereign providential hands of God working in our lives and through our lives, then it becomes an incredible witness to the lost, but also to the believer. Paul expressed this in his letter to uh, the Christians in Philippi. Philippians chapter 1, Paul was writing from prison. He was in prison. One of the key words all the way through this letter is Paul is telling him, hey, rejoice. Again, I tell you, rejoice. And he's in prison. He's been persecuted. He's gone through all this tough stuff. And so here's what he says in verses 12 through 14. Listen to this carefully. Paul writes, now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. He said, all that I've gone through, all the persecution, all the pressure, all the prisons. You know, when, when Paul went to a city in his missionary journeys, he didn't ask for the, for the best hotel that was in town. He said, what's your prisons like? Because he went into a lot of those prison houses because of his testimony of knowing Christ as Lord and Savior. So he says, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known through the whole praetorian guard and to everyone else. In fact, many of them came to know Christ. Of course, if you're chained to the Apostle Paul 24-7, you're kind of cornered, so to speak. Many of those Roman guards came to know Christ. And then he says this, and and that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. So what was Paul saying? All this stuff, all this pain, all this imprisonment, all this pressure, all this persecution, 
has advanced the gospel of our Lord and Savior and encouraged other believers to be strong in the Lord. That is because he maintained an attitude of gratitude through it all. And so there is the duration of spirit-led gratitude. There is the dimensions of spirit-led attitude. And of course, there is finally, and we close with this, the dynamic of spirit-led gratitude where he says, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God, even to the Father. That phrase, the key phrase there, of course, is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word name here, or the phrase in the name, signifies two things. Listen carefully. His authority. What authority does Jesus have? All. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, all authority, all sovereign authority, all sovereign authority has been given to me, of course, by eternal God and Father, has been given to me in heaven and in the earth. And so we have his authority behind us, whatever we're going through. Whatever we're having to face, whatever thing has happened, it could be the, the simple things and we're just thanking him for that. It could be the significant things, the good things, and we're rejoicing and praising God for that. But it could be the suffering things. And he's going to see us through it in his name. That is in his authority. But it also means his almighty power. This gets back to the beginning. I said that the only ones who could actually experience and express spirit-led gratitude is someone who has the spirit of the Lord. Do I have a witness on that? that, How do you receive the spirit of the Lord? By receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We get the gift of eternal forgiveness of the guilt of all our sins. We receive the gift of eternal life uh, to be with him one day in heaven forever. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All of these precious children, they're going to learn and grow uh, in the knowledge of all of these things. But I can tell you on the authority of the word of God, every single one of them have received those three gifts. And the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is experienced in us through the presence, the person, power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I said you start every day surrendering your heart to him. It's fresh, it's new. He withholds nothing. By asking him to take his rightful place on the throne of your heart 
and fill you with his presence. So let me ask you a question. How'd you start today? You start with him so you can stay with him throughout the day. You can't, you can't stay with him if you don't start with him, right? And that is the only means that you can obey this verse. Because it, again, it's a command. It's not an option. And the only way to obey it is to be filled with the Spirit who will give you this Spirit-led attitude of gratitude. Start with Him, and then you can stay with Him throughout the day. So, Father God, we need you. You know us. <laughs> you know us, Lord. There is that spiritual tug of war going on in our lives between your spirit within us as followers of Christ and that old sinful nature that keeps wanting to raise this ugly head in us. But you tell us if we walk in the spirit, start with you and stay with you, that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but we'll live for our Lord and our Savior and have the attitude of gratitude. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.